Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. What up, TCK Potters? I'm your host, Sky Guasco. You are listening to the Candlestick Hits Fantasy Football Podcast. Please follow us on Instagram at fantasyfootball underscore TCK pod and on Twitter at TCK underscore pod. You can find all of our rankings and multiple articles at tckpod.com. We've got a lot to cover, so let's get into it. What up, TCK Potters? Welcome into the program. Happy Tuesday. It's your host, Sky Guasco, with you rolling solo this afternoon, as I always do, breaking down the ballers and stallers from week two and diving into my top four waiver pickups for week three. Now, this weekend was one of the most uh, insane weekends I've ever seen in fantasy football. I've been playing for about 15 years. I've never seen so many injuries in the first two weeks, uh, and especially this weekend. Um, At this point, Heading into week three, the two top running backs off the board, CMC, Saquon Barkley, out multiple weeks. Saquon Barkley, torn ACL, done for the year. CMC, ankle sprain, out multiple weeks. Then we look at the wide receiver position. We have Michael Thomas, who's missed a game already, looking to miss potentially another one or two when he comes back with a high ankle sprain. How effective will he actually be with his cutting and routes and running slants and getting separation and all that? Then we have Devontae Adams pull up with a hamstring after leading the NFL uh, last week in fantasy points outside of the quarterback position. Then we look at the tight end position as well. We still have George Kittle injured, a couple guys out for the season. It's been a pretty insane uh, start to the fantasy football season, but we do have to trot on. This is what this is all about, man, right? We talk about this throughout the whole summer. We talk about it during draft season. Now we're mid-season. Things are going to happen, obviously more than usual this season. What's the most crazy about this whole thing is we have so many players injured, missing a game or two, four to five on the IR, which is now just a minimum of three weeks. So a lot of players are going on IR that we're used to the IR being a season-ending injury and designation. That's not necessarily the case these days. It is potentially just three weeks. But that being the case, we have so many players injured one way or another, out for the season, out for a couple weeks, whatever. No actual COVID (laughs) concerns, uh, which I think is just insane. That was obviously our our worry coming into the season, uh, an offseason unprecedented like we've never seen before. COVID was the big concern. A lot of players are going to be missing. I advocate, I'm commissioner in, in a handful of leagues that I play in. And I had advocated throughout the summer that we add three IR spots. I always play with at least one, but we added two in every league that I'm the commissioner with, uh, including the TCK Listener League and and my league of record and so on, because I was worried about COVID stuff. COVID so far has not been a problem, knock on wood, of course, but 
two weeks in, coaches, people going to the games, you know, staff, uh, players, of course, everyone's been clean so far in two weeks. But all these other injuries have just been absolutely out of control. So I hope that you're avoiding at some level, it's almost impossible with all these injuries, but I hope you're avoiding at some level these injuries. And essentially what it comes down to, it always does in fantasy football, the healthier teams of fantasy football end up at the end. That's almost always how it goes. But already in week two to three, if you're dodging these injury bullets, you're probably two and oh, one and one. If you're not, then you could already be in the oh and two hole. Not only that, but you're missing some of your top players. So let's try to add some good news uh, to this kind of a dreary weekend. We did have some incredible top performances. That's what I do here on this first episode of the week. I'm going to kick off with the ballers and stallers. If you're new to the program or you're new to the ballers and stallers concept, it's basically the ballers, as you can imagine, balled out, right? These are the top players at their respective positions in different categories. And the stallers are the ones that may have let you down. So I'm going to mention a lot of players that you probably started one way or another, and they didn't um, pan out the way that we expected them to. So we'll dive through each of those positions all the way to defense and kicker. And then I will also give you my top four waiver pickups recommendations for week three. Again, this is episode 266. I'm Sky, your host of the TCK pod. Appreciate you joining in. Let's dive into this. Ballers at the quarterback position. This is more than 20 points on the week in six-point uh, leagues, six-point for passing touchdown leagues. Up at the top here, Dak Prescott, huge week, of course. The big comeback against the Falcons, 450 yards, just one touchdown through the air, but three touchdowns on the ground for Dak, almost 40 points for him. Cam Newton, great game against the Seahawks. Could have been bigger if he was able to get in at the end. Nearly 400 yards for Cam, just three yards short of that. We like to see that from Cam. Did get a passing score, also had the two rushing, of course. Josh Allen remains hot, arguably the MVP through the first two weeks. 35 points from him. Russell Wilson absolutely on fire so far. Five more touchdowns for Russell Wilson. Kyler Murray has a great game. Again, just one passing score, but 67 rushing yards and two on the ground. Matt Ryan remains hot, even though the Falcons cannot hold a big lead. It's pretty unbelievable. Four more touchdowns for Matt Ryan. Patrick Mahomes, Ryan Tannehill, Joe Burrow, Ryan Fitzpatrick, Jared Goff, Garner Minshew, my boy Justin Herbert getting a start for the Chargers, over 300 yards, one touchdown. He did have a pick, but he also ran for a score as well. He looked very good against the defending Super Bowl champions, and frankly, the Chargers should have won that game against the Chiefs. Herbert looks good. I think he's going to be just fine. Tyrod Taylor came up injured right before kickoff. They throw Herbert in. First NFL start, I thought he looked great against a very, very good team. I expect him to be uh, excellent moving forward. We'll hear more about him later on. And Derek Carr, Monday Night Football, 282 yards, three touchdowns, no interceptions there as the Raiders get the big upset over the Saints. So those are your ballers at the quarterback position, some great uh, performances. If we turn the page, though, and we look at the stallers, there's some big names on this list as well that may have let you down. Stallers is basically less than 15 points. Again, this is at six point per passing touchdown. Deshaun Watson, under 15 points there, 275, and just one score and just 17 rushing yards. You expected more of that. Now up against Baltimore, if you're in a single quarterback league, you probably didn't have a choice. You played him in a super flex. You may have had the opportunity to not play Russell Wilson, or I'm sorry, uh, Deshaun Watson, which I recommend because Baltimore's defense is just so incredible. But he did you know, not flop entirely. I mean, 15 points isn't terrible, but not what you expect from Deshaun Watson. Likewise, Drew Brees, pretty much the same score, 14 and a half fantasy points for him, 300 yards, 
but just one score really, really hurting this, this uh, outside of Alvin Kamara. This uh, Saints offense is not able to click without Michael Thomas. Jimmy Garoppolo did get injured in this game. He left and Nick Mullins came in, but just 130 yards and two touchdowns before he left. Mitch Trubisky, they get the win, but just 190 yards and two touchdowns. The biggest thing with Mitch is you kind of rely on that rushing floor, just 16 yards against the Giants. We expect more than that. Carson Wentz, kind of my sit of the week, if you will. I sat Carson Wentz everywhere. I recommended that you sat him as well. 242, no scores, two picks. Did have a rushing score, uh, but just seven yards on the ground. Sam Darnold, Dwayne Haskins, Phillip Rivers, actually one of my starts of the week. I thought he would do much better against this horrendous Minnesota defense. Frankly, though, he didn't have to. Uh, 214, a touchdown. He did have a pick, but uh, the rushing game with Jonathan Taylor was uh, fantastic. And frankly, Kirk Cousins just lost the game for uh, the Vikings early, and that defense took over for the Colts. So Phillip Rivers didn't really have to throw it much, just 19 for 25, but he was efficient. Would have had a much bigger game if it was more competitive, but missed on that one. Tom Brady, Teddy Bridgewater, and Daniel Jones. 241, no scores, a pick, three rushes, 21 yards on the ground, and just seven, uh, just under eight fantasy points there for Daniel Jones. Let's move on to... The running backs here, <clears throat> this is more than 20 fantasy points in full PPR leagues. Aaron Jones, absolutely beasting, 45 fantasy points here, 18 carries, 168 yards, two touchdowns on the ground, four receptions on eight targets, 68 yards, and a touchdown through the air. Aaron Jones, TD regression, not happening. My man is absolutely on fire to start the season, and with Devontae Adams out, potentially, We'll see what happens. It's a hamstring. He hasn't had an out designation, but if he misses next game or a couple of games, we saw what Aaron Jones did last year when Tay was out, absolutely on fire. I don't think there's any way you can trade for Aaron Jones, but man, if it's a dynasty league or something and someone's willing to give him up for maybe Saquon Barkley or something like that, it might be a tough conversation. But for this year, if you're able to flip Saquon or something like that, or even CMC at this point, you need to get some wins. You have Aaron Jones or you can get Aaron Jones he might be absolutely on fire with Devontae Adams. So that's a strong call. I'm getting, I get it. But if Tay is out, Aaron Jones is really going to be that number one receiver. We saw it last year. Alvin Kamara, my man, 13 carries, 79 yards, but two scores, and then nine receptions on nine targets for 95 yards through the air as well. Alvin Kamara, man, kind of the last one standing up there with Zeke and Dalvin Cook as far as effective top five picks. Again, CMC out, Saquon out. Um, I feel like I was kind of the only one that had Alvin Kamara preseason over Saquon Barkley and Zeke. He was my number two behind CMC. And look, Christian McCaffrey let you down. I'm going to get to him in just a second with the injury. But look, he still put up 25 fantasy points before he went down. He does have an ankle sprain. He's going to be out a couple of weeks. But he's still, you know, the number one weekly running back when he plays. Alvin Kamara, though, uh, that's steady number two. And again, with Michael Thomas out, I mean, him getting nine targets, 95 yards, uh, and then, of course, getting that rushing work, too. I, I love me some Alvin Kamara. If you could somehow get one of these two guys, I would do that. <clears throat> Leonard Fournette gets lucky with a Ronald Jones fumble. He gets thrown in the doghouse. Leonard Fournette gets a big, big-time garbage, garbage-time long touchdown, but it all counts in fantasy football. 12 carries, 103 yards, two touchdowns on the ground. Four catches on his five targets, just 13 yards, but I like to see five targets for Ronald Jones there too. Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt, both top six for the Browns. Of course, this is dating back to Thursday night against the Bengals. For Chubb, 22 for 124 and two scores, 
just one target and one reception for him. Kareem Hunt, 10 rushes, 86 yards and a score, and then just two targets for him as well with a touchdown there. So just three targets overall to the Browns running backs. But man, 32 rushes on the ground for over 200 yards and three scores on the ground. So the Browns are starting to click at least with these two running backs. And again, Christian McCaffrey sandwiched in between them. Did go out in the fourth quarter, but he was still the number five running back on the week. 18 carries, 59 yards, but two scores, four catches for 29 yards on five targets. Again, CMC out for a couple weeks with an ankle sprain. Next up, Zeke Elliott, 22 for 89 and one on the ground, seven targets. You like that? Six receptions, 33 yards through the air. David Montgomery bouncing back. We had the groin issue coming into week one. He looked okay, but you know, kind of slow, was hesitant a little bit. Nice bounce back in week two, 16 carries, 82 yards, no score, but three for three on his targets, 45 yards and a touchdown. Nice cutback. Uh, you like to see what he would not be doing if his groin was bothering him. He would not have made this particular cutback move. He made it, it looked fine, looked fresh. David Montgomery is, I think, a buy low candidate because people don't believe in the Bears, including me. And I think they might still be worried about that groin. If you need a running back with all these guys getting hurt, I think David Montgomery might be one of the uh, pseudo bell cow opportunities uh, on the cheap right now. So look for David Montgomery. Next up, James Washington. The rookie gets work here for Jacksonville last week. We're going to talk more about him in the waiver column. So I'll kind of save the stats in general, but he did have a nice opportunity last week. He just didn't get in this week, gets his first hundred yard game as a pro and his first touchdown. He was also three for four through the air there on uh, 19 total touches. So you like to see that 120 yards and a score for James Washington. I think he's a, he's a, uh, RB2, RB3, flex opportunity, especially in non-PPR leagues moving forward um, with these injuries here. So I think you could do worse than James Washington. Again, I'll bring him up in the waiver column at the end of the episode. Next up, Miles Sanders missed week one, of course, bounced back. Good workload. We like to see this 23 total touches, 20 for 95 and a score on the ground, three for seven for 36 through the air. So 23 touches. I like to see that a lot, over 120 total yards and a score. Um, seven targets to the air. I mean, this is legitimate bell cow work. I was hesitant about it. I'm not going to celebrate too much yet uh, because the Eagles were basically playing catch up in this game the entire time. Wentz looked terrible. I already read you his stats in a little bit ago. Uh, so they had to really ride Miles Sanders. Now, if they're going to do that um, and he's going to get to work, I feel confident about him, but I am a bit concerned that that's going to be the weekly uh, strategy for the Eagles but frankly, Boston Scott has not been effective. He got his chance in week one, was not very effective. Week two, more of a change of pace guy. So look, if you, if you drafted Miles Sanders, you had to eat it in week one. You may have lost that matchup. But if you happen to win that matchup with him on your bench and you won again this week with a nice performance from him and maybe your other guys, you're sitting pretty with him. And again, maybe Miles Sanders is another one of these kind of buy low candidates because people are a little bit shaky. And look, when I say buy low on a top 10 running back, a top 15 running back, it's not going to be cheap, all right? You're not going to be able to throw scrubs and get these guys. But it's going to be cheaper than paying up for Aaron Jones, Alvin Kamara, uh, Chubb, um, Hunt, Elliott, you know, things like that. So look at DeMont, James Washington, Miles Sanders potentially. James Conner also bounced back in a big way, got injured in week one. Benny Snell took over, rushed for 100 yards. A lot of question marks coming into week two. He looked a bit slow. To be honest, uh, watching that game, I was a little concerned about his overall burst um, to make big plays. But look, 
18 total touches, 121 total yards. He did get a score, just two targets for 15 yards, but he got the workload against a beat up but still solid Denver defense. Look, if, if Connor's healthy and he, you got to roll him out, um, we know that uh, Mike Tomlin wants to roll with the bell cow. Benny Snell didn't do anything in this game. It's evident that if Connor's healthy, he is the guy for Pittsburgh. So if he's in there and he's not questionable heading into the week, there's no injuries to worry about. Connor is going to be your guy. So don't be concerned if he rolls in healthy, but if, but just know that there's always the opportunity that he could potentially get banged up. So take it or leave it. Last name here, Darrell Henderson played really well. Again, we're going to talk about him in the waiver column. 12 for 81 in the score on the ground, and then two for three for 40 yards through the air. So those are your top running backs with more than 20 fantasy points. I got a long list of stallers here for the running backs and the wide receivers. Now, these are single digits in PPR leagues. So again, PPR leagues, full PPR, single digit performances from a number of running backs. I'll list off a handful of guys that were definitely started and maybe a handful that were, uh, you know, RB3s, um, potentially some flex opportunities with uh, some people missing out here. So a lot of names that potentially let you down this week on top of all these other injuries. So I'll just kind of read them off. I'm not going to go through everybody's stats because there's a lot to go here, but throw out some names here that may have let you down again, single point performances, uh, single digit point performances in full PPR leagues, Devin Singletary, carry on Johnson, Rex Burkhead, who was a late ad on Sunday night when James white, again, blessed to my man, sweet feet, um, if you haven't heard yet, his parents were in a car accident. He actually lost his father. His mother's in critical condition. As far as I know, uh, he was a late scratch for the Sunday night game. He did miss the game. So a lot of people had to uh, drop or put James White on the IR if you were able to with him being out last minute. A lot of people picked up Rex Burkhead. Now, he did have six targets, four receptions, 47 yards, but just six carries for two yards. So not much going on there. A little bit disappointing. And again, bless up and, and uh, shouts out to James White. Y'all know we're huge fans of him um, as a player, as a person here on the podcast. We have been kind of, uh, he's been kind of a TCK hero for a real long time. And um, this kind of situation is always so sobering that these guys, as much as we put them on pedestals and, and uh, you know, make them heroes when they're great and stomp on them when they let us down and things in fantasy football, the reality is they're human beings and these guys have a career. They have incredible talent to make it to this level. And uh, it's just really sad to see the human element come in uh, on some of these guys. But the reality is many, many, many people around the world go through similar tragedies um, daily that don't have a name, that don't have a platform that nobody knows about. So I'm not making light of what happened to James White. Um, just, you know, giving a blessing and, and uh, shouts out to anybody that's had a, a tragic sudden loss like that. Moving on, Jalen Richard did have um, two carries. He did score. He also had a fumble on Monday Night Football, but no targets, which I thought was really interesting in the Monday Night win over the uh, New Orleans Saints. Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry, 8.4 fantasy points on 25 carries. So two targets, no receptions. No score, 84 yards on 25 carries. Not going to get it done. Clearly, the workload is there. 31 carries last week. 25 this week. You can't ask for a better workload from any running back in the NFL. Over 50 carries in two weeks. 
but he did not score last week. He did not score this week. If it's possible, this is an opportunity to potentially buy low on Derrick Henry, but temper expectations. That's what I was talking about preseason. He's another guy. If he doesn't score on the ground, which he could put up two, three touchdowns any given week, of course. If he doesn't score on the ground, you're not going to get the work in the passing game. So he's not useless, obviously. He's Derrick Henry. We get it. But Josh Jacobs has become much more valuable this year as they're using him in the pass game as well. So even with 50-plus uh, carries for Derrick Henry, over 100 yards last week, but just 84 this week, look, 84 excuse me, 8.4 fantasy points in a full PPR league is just not going to get it done. So if you can go get Derrick Henry potentially, obviously in a standard league, it's even better. Um, But this might be your opportunity. uh, Temper expectations um, because he's usually not the Derrick Henry that we hope for until the second half of the season when it's cold outside and everybody's beat up and injured on the defense and he can just run over teams. He usually starts out slow like this, but get him while you can because once he, once he explodes, you know that you're not going to be able to touch him. A couple other names that you may have started here, Boston Scott, just in case you're worried about Miles Sanders, J.K. Dobbins. Again, one target, 13 yards, two carries, 48 yards. Look, the kid has burst, and he's going to be a beast eventually, but Gus Edwards still looks pretty good for the Ravens. Mark Ingram had a touchdown as well. I love J.K. Dobbins, but just hold steady. You're not going to be able to count on him, I don't think, weekly. Another couple of guys here, David Johnson, all the way down here, 11 carries, just 34 yards, four targets, 16 yards to the air. Jordan Howard in standard leagues, five carries, four yards, did have a touchdown, but no receptions. Todd Gurley, 21 carries, 61 yards, nothing in the pass game. Again, like uh, like Derrick Henry, that is frankly unacceptable there for a pass-catching running back. I mean, Todd Gurley is still maybe not as agile as he used to be, but he still has great hands, no targets in the passing game. We don't like that. Tevin Coleman got hurt in this game, as Raheem Moser did as well. And then if you had basically the number one waiver pickup at the running back position last week, Naheem Hines, if you burnt all your fab, if you burnt a number one waiver claim on Naheem Hines, at least for this week, he seriously lets you down. No carries at all. Jonathan Taylor handled all that work. One target, one reception, four yards, 1.4 points in Full PPR for Naheem Hines. He will have better games, clearly. He had an excellent week one. But, man, for those of you that that burned that fab or that number one waiver claim, that one definitely stings. Take a quick break to get a sip here. <clears throat> when I do these episodes alone... I don't, uh, you know, I give you like the raw cuts here. I'm not taking 12 takes and piecing everything together with edits and shit. I mean, like, you know, these episodes take a lot of time to prep. Um, So when I get into it, I just like to kind of give you the raw feel and the raw flow. I mean, these are always one take episodes. Uh, When I do them solo, though, (laughs) I get a bit parched. Uh, I don't have a break to take a sip when somebody else is talking. So pardon me uh, for for doing that. I know it's uh, somewhat unprofessional. And uh, once we get an incredible producer, if you're out there and you produce podcasts or audio or video and you want to join the team, holler at us, please. Uh, But until we get that person, um, you get what you get, y'all. So I I appreciate you taking me kind of uh, uh, face value. All right, let's move into the wide receivers here. 
These are the ballers. Again, more than 20 PPR points. Calvin Ridley, holy shit, absolutely on fire. Over double-digit targets again this year, 10 or this week, 10 targets, seven receptions, over 100 yards again, two more touchdowns for Calvin Ridley, 30 fantasy points. Stephon Diggs, excellent, excellent game here for the Bills, 13 targets, 13 targets. He and Deontay Johnson and DJ Moore led the charge this week in targets, eight receptions, 153 yards, and a touchdown for Stephon Diggs. I'm telling you right now, I like Stephon Diggs a lot as a player. I think he's going to have more bigger games because that's what he's capable of doing. He's played the Jets, and he's played the Miami Dolphins. If you can sell Stephon Diggs right now, I would do it. One of our listeners, one of our followers, sent me a DM earlier this evening. He said, should I accept this trade? The trade was he trades away Stephon Diggs. He acquires Joe Mixon and Hollywood Brown. I said, absolutely smash that. That is a great trade. I think that is where you can get for Stephon Diggs <clears throat> right now. So if you can sell high again on uh, on a guy like you know Stephon Diggs, Stephon Diggs for Mike Evans potentially straight up, I think you could actually pull that off. Uh, DJ Moore, um, Allen Robinson's tough right now, but like a Robert Woods, I would take that. Yeah, Cooper Cup even uh, maybe you know pair somebody up to get one of the bigger dogs. Uh, I think you'd have an opportunity. So again, Stephon Diggs is not going to get higher in value. So I recommend y'all go try to make a move right now before Josh Allen comes back down to earth. I love the bills. I'm rooting for Josh Allen. I think that they're all fantastic. They played arguably two of the worst defenses in the NFL so far, and they've smashed both of them like they should. That's excellent. But this is the opportunity you have to go trade these guys in for better chess pieces moving down the board. I've, you know, putting it out there right now, week two, I know it feels sexy to have Stephon Diggs and all those numbers on your bench or on your team, rather. Go get two uh, fantastic players or a bigger chess piece for Stephon Diggs. Like Stephon Diggs for Julio Jones, for example, even a little bit gimped up, I would do that in a heartbeat. All right, Julian Edelman, number three here, over 25 fantasy points, 11 targets from Cam, eight receptions, 179 yards, a career high for Julian Edelman. If you watch the game on Sunday, which most of you, I'm sure, did Sunday night, Julian Edelman is absolutely phenomenal if you've been listening to the podcast for a while you know that Lucas and I kind of have a tongue-in-cheek bet for Jillian Edelman or Odell Beckham on the whole season and who will finish higher look Jillian Edelman is smashing uh so far Cam Newton looks really good um this is a wide receiver segment but Cam Newton looks like he's throwing the best I've seen him throw in years taking the coaching going through his reads taking the progressions. It was really cool to, to listen to Chris Collinsworth kind of break down how Cam is seeing the field and how these receivers are doing their thing. And Julian Edelman is just a phenomenal route runner, tough as nails, incredible receiver, a couple diving catches. Um, I just, I mean, while he's healthy, man, Julian Edelman is, is absolutely phenomenal. Terry McLaurin, number four, 25 fantasy points, 10 targets here, seven receptions, 125 and a touchdown. Mike Evans, over 100 yards, 10 targets, seven receptions, and a score as well. We knew that with Chris Godwin out, Mike Evans was definitely going to get that live. And you heard last week, Bruce Arians came out after the game and was disappointed that Mike Evans didn't get more work until the very end of the game with a two-yard uh, fade in the end zone. He got his touchdown, but it was one reception for two yards and a touchdown last week. Look, Brady is just fine. Knocked off the rust in New Orleans. Frankly, I thought he looked like shit overall, to be honest with you. But I knew that he was going to bounce back in this game. He's going to bounce back moving forward. Brady is Brady. 
Evans is Evans. Godwin's going to get healthy. OJ Howard is is ready to getting ready to get unleashed. Fournette now is happy with his new team. Ronald Jones is in a doghouse, but he's uber talented. Um, Scotty Miller dropped a touchdown. Um, but again, I think the the weapons all over the field here for the Bucs, I think they'll be just fine. Deontay Johnson, wow. 13 targets as well, eight catches, 92 yards, and a touchdown. Um, so far outpacing Juju Schmidt-Schuster. And we said preseason, I don't know that they're going to be Antonio Brown and Juju from 2018, but they could easily both be uh, wide receiver twos at least. And uh, so far, uh, Deontay Johnson is outpacing Juju. So I uh, love that as well. Maybe go try to scoop uh, Deontay Johnson as well. If you could do, again, digs for Deontay Johnson and somebody else, I think uh, I think that would be an absolute win uh, if you were able to pull that off. Tyree Kill, 11 targets, 99 yards in the score. Uh, most of it came on, came on a 50-yard touchdown uh, toward the end of the game there. Uh, Tyreek's, you know, he's going to get his. Nuke Hopkins, just nine targets. I say just because he had 14 last week, but just nine targets for uh, Nuke Hopkins. Eight receptions, 68 yards, and a score. Tyler Boyd also had a touchdown. Nice game on Thursday versus the Browns. And 13 targets and eight receptions for 120 yards. No score for DJ Moore, but that was really nice to see him bounce back after a lackluster first week with Teddy B. Now moving on to the stallers here. Again, this is single-digit PPR. So running back and wide receiver categories are the same for each of these. So for the stallers, single-digit PPR performances, a ton of names. Again, I'm not going to run through all their stats, but I am going to run through the names here that you most likely started uh, maybe a flex position or so. And again, some of these guys got injured, like Devontae Adams is on this list here. He missed time due to injury and things. Julio Jones is on this list here at the end. He got injured as well. Sterling Shepard, things like that. But a lot of these guys did not get injured, which is really my concern. All right. <clears throat> Starting at the top here, less than 10 fantasy points, full PPR. Hollywood Brown, just underneath it, about nine uh, nine plus fantasy points, but again, six targets, five yards or five catches, 42 yards. You're going to have these boom bust games with Hollywood Brown. That's what I'm saying. Digs for Hollywood. Um, and you know, maybe Deontay Johnson. I would take that in a heartbeat. Absolutely. Uh, Kristen Kirk, just five, uh, four targets, 57 yards. Michael Gallup, five targets, 58 yards. He has a tough time. Uh, he's basically like the big play guy for Dallas, right? So Amari Cooper had his big game, his nice catch. CeeDee Lamb is fucking the truth for sure. Michael Gallup is kind of that big play guy. They did target him in the red zone late in the game. He came up, came up short. But uh, Michael Gallup so far struggling more than I thought he would, but I, I do think there's better days ahead for Michael Gallup. Uh, Michael Pittman may have got the start. I know he's a younger guy in deeper leagues. Uh, six targets, which I like to see, but just 37 yards. I think those days will get better. Jarvis Landry as well, three for three, but just three targets, 46 yards there. Alan Lazard, <clears throat> five targets, three receptions, 45 yards. Devontae Adams, again, injured, just three for three for 36 yards. He has a hamstring injury. We have to monitor that. We saw what he could do. He's the number one receiver. Without Michael Thomas around, he was my number one coming in. But now both of those guys are injured. Julio Jones is injured. It's basically Tyreek Hill up there in the top four. Um, left it man it's just a real bummer here with these injuries this year moving down the list here Allen Robinson nine targets fantastic nine targets love to see that three receptions for 33 yards not going to cut it I have to I mean Allen Robinson did drop one ball that I saw but I have to imagine that the other five uh, were not necessarily his fault so man if this guy could get an actual quarterback uh, I really do believe he could he's I think he's top 10 
anyway, real uh, receiver, but he could really be top eight, top six, I think with a, an actual quarterback. So, uh, you know, blessings to uh, best of luck to Allen Robinson moving forward. Darius Slayton, six targets, just three catches as well. I know that Adam Thielen was a big start last week, over 100 yards, two touchdowns, eight targets, three catches for 31 yards. Again, Kirk Cousins looked absolutely horrible. He ended the week with negative fantasy points this week. A.J. Green, 13 targets, phenomenal. Tied for the league lead this week, but just three catches for 29 yards. Buy low on A.J. Green. You might only have him for a week. You may have him for six weeks until he gets injured, if he gets injured. But look, go buy him low right now. He's cheap. People are scared about the injury. They don't even want to start him if he's on their roster. They're going to see three catches on 13 targets. That's horrible. 29 yards. Look, he was targeted in the end zone two weeks in a row relentlessly. Joe Burrow will catch the timing. A.J. Green, while he's healthy, will make it happen. He has lost a step, I will say that. So I don't expect big plays from A.J. Green. But volume alone, it's worth the easy money right now and i would go pick him up now look obviously three for 29 is not going to get it done so he can let you down clearly but i'm counting on uh those 13 targets i love that so if you can go get him cheap and maybe even stash him if you have some other weapons for a week or two to make sure that it catches up with them do it i don't think you have to spend a lot for agent game right now and i recommend that you go get him couple other guys here, T.Y. Hilton, just five targets, three catches, 28 yards. Man, he has just disappeared with Phillip Rivers. I was worried about this all preseason. I did not draft T.Y. Hilton anywhere. Chris Benavides, who comes onto our uh, Friday podcast to talk about the TCK Pod Listener League of the Commish crew, he and I had an episode earlier this summer on his podcast, the Commish Fantasy Football Podcast. Go check them out. Good friends of the podcast, good family. Go check them out. Give a rate and review, a like on all the social medias. Y'all know what to do. We had a... Um, big names with little value, right? Or less value episode. And T.Y. Hilton was my receiver pick for that. Um, and it got a little flack uh, on their Twitter and, and throughout the, the podcast, but through two weeks, man, like this is what I was worried about. Phillip Rivers is good enough to have a starting job in the NFL, but he's not Phillip Rivers of old. I'm worried about him. I'm worried about T.Y. Hilton. Look, if you have T.Y. Hilton, I don't even think you can sell him at this point, but go try to get somebody young. Go get Michael Pittman or Steven Sims or Brian Edwards or somebody that you can potentially have, uh, you know, upside with because uh, T.Y. Hilton is it, outside of maybe one or two big games if he gets loose on something. I'm not confident in T.Y. Hilton, period. Sell him if you can. Get what you can. I'm, I'm completely fading T.Y. Have been all summer and even more so now. Another couple, Preston Williams, my dog, has not really clicked yet this year. Um, coming off that, you know, ACL, he looks good. Uh, he had he literally had a touchdown hit him in the numbers on the goal line from Fitzpatrick. It literally bounced off his chest, and he dropped a touchdown. Just one reception for 26 yards on five targets. I do think he gets more <clears throat> integrated into this offense. I think he'll be fine moving forward. He's another kind of a buy low guy, uh, but so far not looking very good. Another couple injuries here. Sterling Shepard, four catches, two, uh, two catches, excuse me, on four targets, 29 yards. He did have a toe injury there. And Julio Jones, four targets, two catches, 24 yards. Julio Jones also gimping around. Unfortunately, he plays hurt pretty much every week anyway, but this looked a little bit more serious as he was gimping a lot at the end of the week or the end of the day. Um, Julio Jones also literally dropped a touchdown. If you, you know, it's not really a highlight per se, but if you were watching that game, actually Russell Gage, believe it or not, the third wide receiver took the snap. Matt Ryan was out 
wide. It was kind of a wildcat formation. Russell Gage took the snap, threw a fucking bomb. It was like a 40-yard bomb. Pretty nice ball, to be honest with you. Dropped it right in the basket of Julio Jones on the goal line. A catch Julio Jones catches 13 times out of 10, and he fucking dropped it. Um, Just kind of insult to injury for fantasy, but also for Julio. Completely overshadowed so far by uh, Calvin Ridley. A lot of people thought that transition was coming eventually. Maybe it's here. Injury or not, maybe it's here. So Calvin Ridley, the man so far. Julio Jones, not so much. But look, Julio is Julio until he's not. And if you can buy low on Julio Jones somehow, go get him. A couple more positions here. We'll blaze through these. Top 10 tight ends. Tyler Higby, three touchdowns, five targets, three touchdowns, almost 30 fantasy points. Love that. Darren Waller, excellent game. 12 catches, one shy of his career high, over 100 yards on 16 targets versus Saints. And he got a score there. Mike Kosicki, another great game. Eight for 130 and a touchdown on 11 targets. Jonu Smith, two scores, 84 yards. I expect him. We're going to talk about him in the waiver column coming up. He is going to continue to get plenty of work with A.J. Green, or excuse me, A.J. Brown, pardon me, A.J. Brown out. Jonu Smith is the man there. Travis Kelsey, automatically uh, top five <laughs> pretty much every week. He did have a score, eight, um, excuse me, 14 targets, nine receptions, 90 yards there for Travis Kelsey. Jordan Reed, the ghost of Jordan Reed, fills in for George Kittle in San Francisco. Seven catches on his eight targets. Love to see that efficiency, 50 yards, but he did get two scores. We'll talk about him as well in the waiver column. Another waiver column guy we'll talk about is Dalton Schultz, filling in for Blake Jarwin in Dallas, 10 targets, nine catches, 88 yards, and a score. Hayden Hurst came around, had a nice uh, wide-open 30-yard touchdown there for the Falcons. Noah Fant, another big game with a score, 57 yards. And Mo Alley-Cox, the third-string tight end for the Colts, six targets, five receptions, 111 yards for Mo Alley-Cox. We'll talk about him in the waiver column as well. A couple stallers here. This is less than 10 fantasy points for the tight end position. Jared Cook, just two receptions, 13 yards. He did have a touchdown, but two, two – uh, Two receptions of 13 yards, not going to get it done. Zach Ertz, man. Uh, somebody put Zach Ertz on a milk carton, man. This is getting this is getting rough in two weeks. Carson Wentz looks shitty. This offense looks pretty bad outside of Miles Sanders for one game. Dallas Goddard came back to earth in this one. Um, eight targets for Dallas Goddard compared to Zach Ertz is seven. Um, no touchdowns for either one of these guys this week. So, you know, it's going to be interesting to see how this moves forward. But Zach Ertz is making me nervous for sure. Anthony Furcher, James O'Shaughnessy, you're probably not playing either one of those guys, but they're on the list here in single digits for tight ends. Eric Ebron, Dallas Goddard, as I mentioned. Logan Thomas, pretty uh, popular pickup and streaming option. Um, I definitely recommended him in last week's waiver column. I expect more work. He did get nine targets. Last week, eight targets. This week, nine, nine targets. That's what we chase in fantasy football. The production is going to come or it's not, but we chase the opportunity. He had eight last week. He had nine targets this week. I love that. Just four receptions, 26 yards. It was a dud. But if he would have caught a touchdown, because he's a tight end, we can boost this up to about 12, 15 fantasy points, and all of a sudden he's top 10. So Logan Thomas, again, I think is a, a great opportunity here. Blake Bell, a backup tight end to um, Dalton Schultz, um, had uh, three targets there for 34 yards. Dan Arnold, Austin Hooper. Don't play Austin Hooper. Let him score a touchdown and be bummed that he's on your bench instead of getting weakly disappointed uh, that he's in your starting lineup. I was not excited about him. I got a little bit of a um, edge when uh, David and Joku went out, 
but look, he's just, he's just not the guy. Foster Moreau and Mark Andrews, just three targets, one catch, 29 yards. Mark Andrews will be just fine, but uh, not this game. Defenses and kickers, and we'll move on here to the waiver column. Top five defenses, Colts crushing on Minnesota. Again, I mean, three sacks, three picks, a safety, just uh, 11 points against. Ravens doing their thing all the way across the board. Touchdown, pick, forced fumble, four sacks, um, just 16 points. Ravens are the Ravens. Steelers as well. A pick, a fumble recovery, seven sacks for the Steelers, and a safety as well against Denver. The Bears return to form. Interception, fumble recovery, four sacks, just 13 points against. And the Packers, a nice game against Matt Stafford and the Lions. Touchdown, interception, four sacks, and just 21 points against. A couple stellar defenses. These are defenses that had zero or negative points. Zero or negative points. Not all these were streamed or played, but these are the defenses that you may have streamed uh, that had zero to negative points. The Titans, Chargers, Bills, Chiefs, Eagles, Raiders, Jags, Seahawks, Cowboys, Falcons, Bengals, Dolphins, Lions. So we had all those teams there with zero or negative fantasy points. Moving on to the kickers, last but not least, the ballers here over 10 fantasy points. And look, if you don't play in kicker leagues, that's fine. Or you don't have defenses, that's fine. Bear with me for the last three minutes of these segments here while we get into the waiver column. Shouts out to the kickers, though. Over 10 fantasy points. Young Wei Koo, 17. Justin Tucker, 16. Rodrigo Blankenship for the Colts, the rookie out of Georgia. Done very well so far. 15 fantasy points for him. Harrison Butker, not one, but two 58-yard field goals in this game, one of them in overtime to beat the Chargers. Chargers had a great opportunity to win that game, but they let it slip away, and Mahomes and Butker did the rest there. Zane Gonzalez, Randy Bullock bounces back there. Kaimi Fairbairn, Steven Goskowski bounces back. Remember last week, three missed field goals, missed uh, PAT, comes back, drills the game winner at the end of the week. Last week against the Broncos, comes back here. He hits um, – 12 fantasy points worth uh, there. So he is, he's doing better. Uh, Hall of Famer, he'll be just fine. And uh, he got the win there against Jacksonville. Then we have Daniel Carlson, Greg Zerline, with one of the best onside kicks I've ever seen in my life, leading Dallas over Atlanta, Mason Crosby, and Jason Sanders. All right, y'all. Those are your ballers and stallers for week two. I'm going to take a quick commercial break, and then we will dive in for the rest of this episode with my week three waiver wire pickups. So I want to give a shout out to everybody listening. I appreciate all of the support here. Uh, We've had some mix-ups on the podcast, and I want to let everybody know about that um, very quickly here, and I will go into it a little bit more tomorrow. But in short, um, Lucas Kaser, who has been the uh, phenomenal Um, co-host of the podcast for the last season uh, and a half, really, um, needs to step away. For personal reasons, everything's all good. He and I are brothers. It's all love. Uh, I wish him the best, but frankly, I've mentioned multiple times on this podcast that I'm a family man. I've got a kid in high school. I, you know, have a full-time job. I got a lot of shit going on, and it's very difficult for me sometimes to balance everything in, in real life and bring it to you for fantasy. And frankly, Lucas has carried so much of this podcast behind the scenes, on the airwaves, bringing in other guests, building the website, putting together the draft guide. He's been absolutely fantastic. And y'all know he brings the heaters with the information. But now, respectfully, it is his time to step away for a minute 
just gather some life stuff. He's, he's still in college. He's got some other things going on personally. So, you know, we just agreed that he needs to step away. And again, it's all love. He and I have uh, zero animosity or, or any of that stuff, man. He's welcome back on the podcast as soon as he's ready. And I know he'll be, he'll be, uh, you know, fresher than ever when that happens. But I did want to let y'all know, cause he's not going to be on the podcast for the next couple of weeks, most likely, and uh, potentially the rest of the season, depending on how things go. But, uh, he's, he's, he's safe. He's healthy. Um, he just needs to, uh, you know, get his ducks in a row with life and whatnot. So we wish him well, all love to our man, uh, Lucas Kaser, and, uh, we will be having Bobby Lamarco come back on tomorrow for the early game breakdown. You heard him last week, fantasy football X factor, go check him out. After that, our boy, Dwayne Lynn, AKA Dewey's nuts coming on Thursday for the late game preview. And then of course, Kamish, crew, Chris Benavides, and the boys coming on on Friday to break down the TCK pod recap and TCK pod listener league preview for week three. So very quickly, I wanted to let you guys know what was going on. I will also break it down tomorrow for anybody that missed today's episode, but all love to Lucas. Um, again, he's safe. Everything's fine. Uh, we just need to, uh, you know, balance things in life. And then we encourage all of you to really focus on yourself every once in a while. It's an over or it's an underrated um, skill and it's an underrated uh, focus in today's life being so fast paced. So we encourage you to focus on yourself and do what you need to do. And if you need to put things on hold in order to do that, uh, all the support from us, we know all about it and uh, we wish you well. All right, let's move on here to the week three waiver wire pickups. I've got four at each position. I've got four quarterbacks, four running backs, four wide receivers and four tight ends. For those of you unfamiliar, in addition to TCK pod, and I've been running the TCK pod, the Candlestick Kids Fantasy Football Podcast, I have been the host and basically the, the uh, you know team captain, if you will, of the brand since 2018 when we started with uh, Daniel Stancato and my buddy Ryan Parra, we call him Curly. Uh, the three of us started the podcast and then Lucas jumped on and now we've got more and more guests and we've done other big things. But in addition to the TCK pod, I've had the absolute honor over the preseason and again during the regular season to also work on my writing chops. And I'm writing an article too, actually, weekly for the Fantasy Football State of Mind crew. Check them out on IG. They just got over about 40,000 followers, uh, real accounts. It's definitely legit. <laughs> These guys are an incredible team. I'm honored to be a part of that team and they crush. I mean, they pump out a ton of content. They have a free, uh, subscription available with some certain articles. They also have a paid subscription, which is just 10 bucks a month. And, you know, they're great family, great guys. I've learned a lot from them. They put in a ton of work, a lot of great writers over there. So go check it out. The reason I bring it up is my article drops on Mondays over there. And it's my weekly waiver wire pickup. So you're going to hear about that here on the podcast. But if you want to read more in depth, go check out fantasy football state of mind. You can find them on Instagram primarily, but you can also just check out ffsompremium.com. Ffsom state of mind sompremium.com. And you can check out all of these articles. All right, let's dive into it here. Let me get another sip and we'll get rolling. Alrighty. At the quarterback position, I have Ryan Tannehill first. Now, I had Aaron Rodgers last week, and I put him in the column, and I'm thinking to myself, like, Aaron Rodgers isn't on the waiver wire. And then all of a sudden, I start going through my teams for the week, and my personal teams. I'm going through the teams. I'm going through uh, ad drops. I'm going through, who, you know, all these different things. And all of a sudden, I'm like, holy shit. I'm in, like, 15 teams, right? I'm, I'm super nerd about this. 
Aaron Rodgers is on the waiver wire in single quarterback leagues. Of course, in super flex, he's unavailable. In single quarterback leagues, though, as of last week, Aaron Rodgers was on the waiver wire for probably half of them. Now, of course, he you know goes nuclear against the Vikings and everybody picks him up and he's off now. Ryan Tannehill has done the same thing. So I'm thinking to myself, like, eh, Tannehill's not going to be available. Look, he is available. He's still available, right? He's not going to win you a week per se, but he's not going to lose you a week. He has a great floor and he got it done. 27 fantasy points last week, 18 for 24. So he's not going to throw it a lot, but 239, four touchdowns, four carries, 12 yards. All of this happened without A.J. Brown. He's had multiple touchdowns in nine consecutive games, okay? Ryan Tannehill has had multiple passing touchdowns in nine consecutive games. He's had three instances over that time frame where he's had three or more touchdowns, and again, four on Sunday. Now he gets a Vikings defense that allowed 578 passing yards and five passing scores through the first two games. So Aaron Rodgers lit him up, right? And last week, you know, we didn't have much from Phillip Rivers per se, but you know, almost 300 yards, another passing score there. Minnesota secondary and their defense in general looked terrible. Um, so Ryan Tannehill on a lot of your waivers, if you can grab them, I recommend you do. A couple of guys I recommend here. These are, these are kind of super flex options here. Again, maybe not available. Joe Burrow is my next one. Maybe not available, but if he is, go get him. If you're in single quarterback leagues, just for maybe a stash, because again, I mentioned it with AJ Green, 13 targets, just three receptions. They're going to start to click. Once they start to click, I really do believe it's a good opportunity here for Joe Burrow. Now look, in his second NFL game, Joe Burrow looked like a seasoned vet, in my opinion. I thought he actually looked really good. Only Russell Wilson, Matt Ryan, Josh Allen, and Brian Tannehill threw for more passing scores on the week than Joe Burrow. Wilson with five, Ryan and Allen and Tannehill all with four touchdowns. Joe Burrow had three on the week. Now, he divvied up the scores to three different pass catchers, so you like to see that, him reading the field, obviously, and, and using his different weapons. I mentioned the A.J. Green situation, and I don't expect a big game this week with him at Philadelphia but I do like to stash him on my bench and see if this actually clicks because, again, I really think that Joe Burrow is going to be special, so get ahead of it. Another guy here, my man Justin Herbert, definitely on your waivers because he wasn't even supposed to play. Tyrod Taylor goes out right before the game. Justin Herbert comes in, straight up should have beat the Chiefs. Played great, 300 passing yards, one score through the air, uh, 18 rushing yards and one touchdown on the ground. He played very, very well. Gets Carolina next week, who he could definitely um, – throw on. I think he's going to be just fine. Again, another stash, but I love Justin Herbert. Not sure that Tyrod Taylor is going to be hundred percent. Even if he does come back, we'll see. Anthony Lynn said that Tyrod's going to be the starter. I know, but the reality is Justin Herbert looked much better than Tyrod Taylor and almost beat the defending Super Bowl champions. It's kind of hard to bench the kid after that one. Next up, Jeff Driscoll. This one's really deep in super flex leagues. Jeff Driscoll taking over for Drew Locke is going to be out the next couple of weeks. Look, not sexy, not going to be crazy, but he played pretty well in this in the uh, remainder of the game here. So his next three games are coming up uh, for the Broncos here. Um, Tampa Bay at the Jets at New England. Not super excited about any of those, but if you're scrambling for some reason over the next few weeks, Jeff Driscoll could be an option just because that offense is pretty loaded. However, we did get news, unfortunately, that Cortland Sutton done for the season. Jerry Judy got banged up in this game too. So keep an eye. This one's maybe a dart throw, but keep an eye on him. Also, honorable mention, my man Nick Mullins. 
if you've been listening to the podcast for a long time, you know that I've been kind of tongue in cheek, but like kind of serious about Nick Mullins. I'm a 49er fan. Y'all are not surprised on that, right? I'm a legit 49er fan. I have been saying from day one that I would rather not have Jimmy Garoppolo straight up. I don't believe in him. We saw in the Super Bowl. I rest my case. Nick Mullins is not incredible, but he's as good as Jimmy Garoppolo in a full week of practice. I think he's going to come out and, and perform just fine with this offense. I think he's going to be all right. Another uh, kind of a um, alternate, if you will, in super flex leagues to see what happens there with uh, Nick Mullins, who played very, very well a couple of Monday nights ago, a few years ago uh, against the Raiders. So love my boy, Nick Mullins. I like to see him get the opportunity. All right. Next up with the running backs, James Washington. Last week, 21 fantasy points, over 100 yards in the touchdown, as I mentioned, gets Miami. They have given up 328 rushing yards over the first two games. 328 rushing yards over the first two games. It's almost impossible to get a workhorse off the waiver wire. James Robinson might be your guy. Go get him. Next up, Darrell Henderson for the Rams. Now, look, this one's a little bit tricky here. Um... Be careful with this one because if Cam Akers comes back from his rib injury anytime soon, it's going to be a three-headed committee. But Cam Akers went down early. He had three carries. He went down. Then we had uh, Henderson outgain Malcolm Brown 121 yards to 47 in week two. He also was overthrown in the end zone on a pass from Jared Goff. So I do like Darrell Henderson. We know the talent is there. One of these guys has to get to work while Cam Akers is out. I think it's going to be Darrell Henderson. Again, he may be just a two-week pickup, but I do think it's worth it. Next up, Deion Lewis slash Wayne Gallman. This one's a weird one. Saquon Barkley's out now for the season, right, with the torn ACL. Fucking horrible news. And I can, I've done my crying over that. I, I need to just move on and give analysis best I can. Deion Lewis did give significant full workload in Tennessee for a minute. He's a smaller back. He's more of a scat back. I don't think he's going to get the full workload. They could bring in Devonta Freeman. They could bring in Lamar Miller. But the reality is Deion Lewis knows the system. Wayne Gallman knows the system, but he was injured last week. So we'll see what happens. Last year, Saquon got hurt early. Wayne Gallman came in for one game, crushed. He was basically a weak winner for that one week. He got a concussion, pretty much didn't play the rest of the season. I do think one of these guys is going to make it. I don't know who it is. If you're in a standard league, I kind of lean toward Wayne Gallman. If you're in a PBR league, I lean Deion Lewis. Maybe you don't want to deal with either one of these headaches. Maybe it's Delta Freeman or Lamar Miller. Could be a mess. I just wanted to mention who the two options are there if you miss out on the other guys. Next up, Mike Davis for Carolina Panthers. Now, Christian McCaffrey, again, going to miss multiple weeks here with an uh, ankle sprain. We don't like that at all. Davis might only see about 15 touches, but he could definitely get six to eight receptions in a touchdown or two as CMC did pretty much weekly. Again, Mike Davis only had one rushing yard on one rush, but he had eight receptions on eight targets and 74 receiving yards. So you like to see that work and look, the Panthers offense is moving just fine. Their defense is just terrible. So they're going to be putting up points. They're going to be moving the ball. There are other pass catchers and there are other running backs on this team, but I think Mike Davis at minimum is going to be kind of that goal line back. He may be able to sneak a couple scores and obviously he can catch the ball there. So think about Mike Davis as well at running back. A couple of wide receivers here, Chase Claypool, Pittsburgh Steelers, three receptions, 88 yards, and a touchdown. He gets Houston next week. Again, now he's made the most of his five targets on the season, okay? 
two targets in week one, three targets in week two. He's only got five targets on the season, but he's made the most of them with five catches, 127 yards, and a huge touchdown in week two. We'd love to see that in week one. Um, excuse me, he had an average of 19 and a half average depth of target in week one. And in week two, it was 29.3 average depth of target. Now that's AJ Brown-esque kind of efficiency that we were all screaming for regression on. But the reality is they have Juju over the middle. They have Deontay Johnson deep on one side. They have Claypool deep on another side. We know that Big Ben likes to huck it. Again, kind of a deep throw. This is a this is a stash guy, but Chase Claypool is not a tight end. <laughs> it was kind of mentioned out of Notre Dame that he might be. No way. He's a deep threat. He's a big body. Like him a lot. I like Chase Claypool as a stash. Another couple of stashes here. Keelan Cole for the Jaguars. Now look, they just um, they play Miami, and the reality is, so far Keelan Cole has been the number one for the Jags. It's not been DJ Chark. He's gone for eleven receptions, one hundred five yards, and one touchdown so far. Minshew is limited on opportunities, but so far he's liked Keelan Cole. Six catches for 58 yards and a touchdown on Sunday. They get Miami next week, who just got torched by both Stephon Diggs and John Brown. Look at Keelan Cole there. Corey Davis, I know. it's. I did Sammy Watkins last week, and of course, you know, I mean, he got a concussion, so I don't want to make a joke of it, but he under, underperformed in week two. Corey Davis could do the same thing, but the reality is with A.J. Brown in the lineup, he was seven for 101 in week one. And he was just three for 36 and a touchdown in week two. However, again, he's very talented. Ryan Tannehill has been on fire and it's basically Corey Davis and John Smith out of the, uh, in the passing game. So Corey Davis should have more opportunity there as long as AJ Brown's out. And last one at wide receiver, look at the mere bird. Okay. You may not have even heard of him unless you watch Sunday night football. The reality is he had six catches, 72 yards could have had a bigger game there. Cam Newton was absolutely peppering. Demir Bird before uh, Julian Edelman took off in the second half. Bird played 85% of the team's offensive snaps with nine targets, six receptions, and 72 yards. Now, if you're in a deeper PPR league, Bird could definitely be worth a look because Nikhil Harry, who is uber talented and should explode in this offense eventually, just hasn't been so far. A little bit injured last year, still kind of figuring out Cam Newton, whatever. Look, Demir Bird got the targets. That's what we chase in fantasy football. I like it a lot. Deep, deep, deep name. He may disappear. It's the Patriots. We have no idea what's going to happen. But look good on Sunday night. Demir Bird is a name to keep in your sights. A couple more minutes here on tight end. John o. Smith, look, if you open this in the podcast, you know I've been loving him. I had Blake Jarwin as my guy for sleeper, as well as John o. Smith. Lost Blake Jarwin, so I'm going to ride that John o. Smith train. 24 fantasy points, four catches, 84 yards, two touchdowns as a tight end. Without A.J. Brown, <clears throat> you got to throw John o. Smith in there. Next up, Jordan Reed of the San Francisco 49ers. Again, seven catches on eight targets, 50 yards and two, recept two touchdowns. If George Kittle is going to be out, I love Jordan Reed. He looked real, real good here. Take a look at Jordan Reed. I do feel comfortable starting him at the New York Giants next week with or without Jimmy Garoppolo. Nick Mullins will be just fine. Dalton Schultz for the Cowboys again. Should be Blake Jarwin. It's not. It's Schultz. Nine catches, 88 yards, and a touchdown. At Seattle, we haven't really seen Seattle go up against a tight end because they haven't played anybody with a tight end yet. Certainly not uh, New England there in um, week one. So, uh, and, and they, they kind of shut down Hayden Hurst-ish, if you want to say that stat-wise, but the other three receivers went off uh, when they played Atlanta. So I do think Dalton Schultz would be just fine moving forward there. And then last but not least, Mo Alley-Cox, I mentioned, 16 fantasy points, five catches, 111 yards, and he gets the Jets coming up next. The Jets just gave up seven receptions and 50 yards and two touchdowns 
to the ghost of Jordan Reed on the 49ers there. So I do like uh, Mo Alley-Cox. So again, quick blast of names to pick up. Quarterbacks, Ryan Tannehill, Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert, and Jeff Driscoll. Honorable mention, my man, Nikki Mullins. Running backs, James Washington, Darrell Henderson, Deion Lewis slash Wayne Goldman, and Mike Davis of the Carolina Panthers. Wide receivers, Chase Claypool, Keenan Cole, Keelan Cole, excuse me, Corey Davis and Demir Bird, and then tight ends, Jono Smith, Jordan Reed, Dalton Schultz, and Mo Alley Cox. All right, y'all, long one for me solo here. That's episode 266, the ballers and stallers from week two, and then we're waiver wire pickups for week three. Wish you all the best. Good luck on the waiver wire tonight. If you have any last minute questions, holler at us quick and um, we'll get at you. It is Tuesday. Most of your waivers will go through overnight into Wednesday. So hit me up in the DMs. Find me on Instagram at fantasyfootball underscore TCK pod or on Twitter at TCK underscore pod. You know that I get back to everybody via DM. So go ahead and hit us up there. Give us a rate and review wherever you listen to your podcast. It really, really means the difference and we appreciate it. So thank you so much to everyone that's participated in that and give some quality feedback. Um, you know, it helps us a lot and uh, we appreciate any of your feedback. So please, please do tell a friend, do tell somebody that's involved with fantasy football about our brand. And uh, we hope to grow organically with you again, Bobby Lamarco coming up tomorrow for the early games, tweeze nuts on Thursday, the commission boys on Friday for the TCK pod recap and preview. This has been episode 266, the ballers and sellers and the waiver wire pickup. We will see you tomorrow. Happy Tuesday. Hope you had a great, great, weekend and for lucas caser and the rest of our team here at the tck pod i'm your host scott guasco and i am out of here thank you for listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform check us out at believe.com and search for b-l-e-a-v on youtube